What's up, Dolphins? We finally made it to draft day, Thursday, April the 26th. For this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it is mock draft day. I'm going to give you guys a complete first round NFL mock draft, trades included, talk about each pick a little bit, and give a complete breakdown on my final seven round mock draft for the Miami Dolphins. But real quick, before we get started on that, I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show, at Locked On Fins. And check out the number one rated blog in the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast. For all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams, it is draft day, baby. Let's go. Travis Wingfield. Soccer-style kicker. Graduated from Collier High, June 1976. Stetson University Honors graduate, class of 1980. Holds two NCAA Division I records, one for most points in a season, one for distance. Former nickname the Mule, the first and only pro athlete ever to come out of Collier County and won a hell of a model of America. You are Locked right, On Dolphins. Daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs> And we are breaking out all the sound drops for this episode, a very exciting episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Travis Wingfield with you guys here to talk about my mock draft as well as the Dolphins seven-round mock draft. Let's go ahead and get right into it and start off at the very top where the quarterback talk is just absolutely insane. I cannot recall another year where it was this open for interpretation in terms of what the Cleveland Browns will do, what the New York Giants will do, what the New York Jets will do. All of these teams have been linked to multiple players. It's going to be complete chaos and so much fun for big fans of the draft like myself as well as you guys. Let's go ahead and start with the Cleveland Browns. And there was a little bit of rumbling today talking about the fact that it could be Baker Mayfield. It might even be Josh Allen, but I'm going to stick with the guy we've heard all along and go based off of Benjamin Albright's tweet the other day where he got caught with his pants down tweeting, it's going to be Darnold. I'm going to go with Sam Darnold the Southern California quarterback to the Cleveland Browns number one and then pick number two is where I think the draft starts to get even crazier than it already is with the with the ambiguity at the top of the draft but the Giants going to go with running back Saquon Barkley out of Penn State make the biggest mistake they could make right here in my opinion and I'm not even that big of a fan of this draft class but passing on Some of these quarterbacks that a lot of people consider to be franchise type of quarterbacks for a running back just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, even though Saquon Barkley has the explosiveness, has the big playability, could hit the home run at any time, good pass catcher, all that stuff that goes along with it. I just don't think you can pass up this opportunity to get a quarterback this high, especially when you have Eli Manning, who has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL for several years now by passer rating, by all statistical measures, and by the film. You can check it out yourself. All 22, it's all there. And then they have Davis Webb in the fold too. So go get a quarterback, but they won't. They're going to go Saquon Barkley to try to revive the corpse of Eli Manning. Pick number three, New York Jets quarterback Baker Mayfield. I know nobody wants to hear that. I don't want to hear it. He's my favorite quarterback in this class but he's going to go to the rival Jets. Let's just hope that Todd Bowles and company ruin him before he can get acclimated to the NFL game and be a thorn in the side of the Miami Dolphins for the next decade or so. And then at the fourth pick, I have the first trade of the draft quarterback, Josh Allen from Wyoming going to the Buffalo Bills coming up to trade with the Cleveland Browns to get their quarterback. They are not going to go into the season with AJ McCarron and Nathan Peterman as their quarterbacks. They have to get one. This offense has been stripped down to its parts. They should be talked about in the same vein as the Miami Dolphins are being talked about in the national media perspective. Hey, they come up here, get their quarterback. Everyone has linked to them for a long, long time, and they are not going to stand pat at 12 and make it happen. This is a spot they can come up, 
The Browns have been prone to taking more draft picks over the recent years. Even though it's a new GM in-house, I believe they continue to collect picks and move back here, give the the Buffalo Bills Josh Allen. At five, the Denver Broncos, they, they're they all in on Case Keenum, so they say, I'm not buying it. I think that John Elway would love to get a quarterback there. Josh Rosen out of UCLA. So there goes the four quarterbacks off the board in the top five, along with Saquon Barkley. Pick number six, Indianapolis Colts. Bradley Chubb makes way too much sense. Defensive end, they haven't had a pass rush there since Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis were in their prime. At number seven, this is the first player the Dolphins, I think, really have a, a decent shot at getting. He comes off the board here. Safety Derwin James out of Florida State. The upside, the potential is all there to be a monster in this league. I think he will be and a great get for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers there. My number two overall player in the draft goes after my number one player in the draft, Bradley Chubb, number one and two respectively on my big board. At pick number eight, Chicago Bears have been building up around Mitch Trubisky all offseason. They're going to go with an offensive guard to help him out. The guy that everyone has been in love with all offseason, Quentin Nelson out of Notre Dame comes in and gives them the best guard deal in the NFL with Kyle Long and Quentin Nelson. At number nine, the San Francisco 49ers try to shop this pick, can't do it successfully, take a all-versatile, do-everything type of safety in Minka Fitzpatrick out of Alabama. So both the safeties go off the board in front of the Miami Dolphins. That ship has sailed in the first round. And we move down to the 10th pick. It is the Oakland Raiders, but we have a trade in my mock draft here coming up for a quarterback. Lamar Jackson gives us the fifth quarterback going in the top 10 out of Louisville. And the team is the Baltimore Ravens. They finally make a move to try to replace Joe Flacco, who has been in a downward spiral since his fantastic Super Bowl run. He has not lived up to that contract he got there and has been holding that poor offense back even more than it should be. They're going to get a game changer at quarterback and get that offense squared away. And that brings up the Miami Dolphins. We're going to take a quick break before that, though, in the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Winkle NFL at Locked On Fins, back with the Miami Dolphins, 11th overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. With the 11th pick, the Miami Dolphins select... Linebacker Roquan Smith out of Georgia. Everybody is happy in Dolphins land. We finally get the linebacker that we have long needed since Zach Thomas departed after the 2006 season, pardon me. And the Dolphins really could use a player in this position to help the pass defense, both as a blitzer, both in coverage, sideline to sideline roamer. He has all the athleticism to play linebacker in today's NFL. I was a little bit sour on him to start at this pick at number 11. I have gone back over the film. I've gotten more comfortable with him. I am very, very satisfied to have him join the defense. So let's hope the Dolphins can make a pick this good and get this defense fixed right away in 2018. Moving on to pick number 12, the Cleveland Browns, who moved back with the Buffalo Bills, take cornerback Denzel Ward from Ohio State. The Washington Redskins at 13, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds out of Virginia Tech. He stays local there as the linebacker run kind of continues here at pick number 11 through 13. With the 14th pick, the Green Bay Packers take the first offensive lineman off the board, excuse me, first offensive tackle in Mike McGlinchey from Notre Dame. He goes after his teammate, goes to the eighth overall pick to the Chicago Bears. At pick 15, the Arizona Cardinals, Stan Pat, take wide receiver Calvin Ridley out of Alabama to help get that offense going after Bruce Arians' departure. And at the 16th pick, the Oakland Raiders, who moved back from the Baltimore Ravens, take defensive tackle Vita Vea. So that is the first half of the draft is all done. Darnold to the Browns, Barkley to the Giants, Mayfield to the Jets, Allen to the Bills, who came up to get him, Rosen fifth overall to the Broncos, 
Bradley Chubb, number six of the Colts. Tampa gets Derwin James. Chicago, offensive guard Quentin Nelson. San Francisco takes safety Minka Fitzpatrick. Baltimore comes up to get Lamar Jackson right in front of the Dolphins before they take Roquan Smith. Cleveland gets Denzel Ward in their move with Buffalo. Washington takes Tremaine Edmonds. Green Bay gets McGlinchey. Arizona takes the receiver Calvin Ridley, and the Raiders go Vita Vea. So there are your top 16. Let's move forward here and get to the back half of the first round. We have the Los Angeles Chargers kicking it off. They need to improve their interior defensive line. They take defensive tackle Taven Bryan to go along with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa on the outside there. The Cleveland Browns come back up into the draft again. The Seattle Seahawks at this pick, number 18. They always, always trade back. And without a second or third round pick, They'll do it again to try to recoup one of those. So the Browns come up from 22 in a pick they acquired with the Buffalo Bills, who the Bills had acquired in last year's trade with the Kansas City Chiefs. So that pick getting moved all over the place. But the Browns go up to 18, jump over the Dallas Cowboys to get their receiver, DJ Moore, out of Maryland. The Dallas Cowboys continue the run on receivers with Cortland Sutton from SMU. Detroit at number 20 takes defensive end Harold Landry out of Boston College. The Cincinnati Bengals at pick 21 get their linebacker in Rashawn Evans. So they make a move to get themselves a starting linebacker and offensive tackle by trading from 12 to 21 with the Buffalo Bills. At 22, the Seahawks are sitting here. They'll go ahead and pluck running back Darius Geis out of LSU. The New England Patriots stand pat. And they don't address the defense. They get that offensive line fixed with pick number 23, offensive tackle Colton Miller out of UCLA. The Carolina Panthers take cornerback Jair Alexander from Louisville. The feisty slot guys can play a little bit on the perimeter as well. At 25, the Tennessee Titans take defensive end Marcus Davenport out of UTSA, Texas, San Antonio. At pick 26, the Atlanta Falcons take offensive guard Will Hernandez out of Texas, El Paso. That was the weak link of the Falcons' dynamic offense last year, and it caused them a lot of heartache in the 2017 season after the 2016 Super Bowl run that came up just short. Pick number 27, the New Orleans Saints, with a great draft class last year, come back and bolster that defense once again with defensive tackle Deron Payne out of Alabama. Pick number 28, the Pittsburgh Steelers take safety Ronnie Harrison from Alabama as well as teammates go off the board back-to-back there, and Ronnie Harrison just has a look of a Pittsburgh Steeler. At pick 29, the Jacksonville Jaguars take wide receiver Christian Kurt from Texas A&M to get Blake Bortles another option in the passing game there. Sounds funny to say, but that's the case. At pick number 30, the Minnesota Vikings bolster their offensive line as well, taking offensive tackle Connor Williams from Texas, and the New England Patriots come back and double dip on the offensive line after losing pieces there all over the place. The Patriots take offensive guard Isaiah Wynn from Georgia to try to bolster the line for one one last run for Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles select running back Sony Michelle out of Georgia with the 32nd pick in the draft and that leaves us with zero tight ends off the board and zero centers so all those tight ends the Dolphins are looking at in the second round will be available there at pick number 42 we had five quarterbacks in the first round all five of those going in the top 10 Mason Rudolph does not come off the board in the first round of my mock draft Three running backs with Barkley, Geis, and Michelle. Three dynamic playmakers there. Four wide receivers. Christian Kirk sneaks into the back end to join Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, and DJ Moore as expected first-round picks. Like I said, zero tight ends. Six total offensive linemen, three tackles, and three guards. No centers. On the edge, we have three pass rushers in Bradley Chubb, Marcus Davenport, and Harold Landry coming off the board. Interior defensive linemen, same story, three of them as well. Deron Payne, Vita Vea, and Taven Bryan all in the back half of the first round. At linebacker, the Dolphins get it started with Roquan Smith. Tremaine Edmonds goes shortly after that to Washington, and then Rashawn Evans rounds out the first round to the Cincinnati Bengals there. And then at the secondary positions, cornerbacks, just two come off the board. Going to be a crazy round for corners in round two with Jair Alexander and Denzel Ward being the lone first round draft picks there. That's one where I could see it going a little 
heavier at the position. And then at safety, three players coming off the board. We talked about Ronnie Harrison to the Steelers, Derwin James and Mika Fitzpatrick both go top 10. So that is 18 players on the offense, 14 on the defense, leaves the Dolphins with a good crop of players to choose from in the second round. We'll get to that on the other side of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast and break down all seven draft picks for the Miami Dolphins in my mock draft here on draft day, April 26 at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. So we talked a little bit off the top of the show that I was going to take Roquan Smith with the first pick of the draft for the Miami Dolphins, number 11 overall. Just talking a little bit about Roquan Smith and what he can do. Obviously, he can run, he can cover, he has the speed, he never misses any tackles. He'd be a great fit in this defense to play all three downs, hopefully be a 100% snap taker as a rookie and supplement that linebacker crew with Raekwon McMillan and give the Dolphins the most athleticism, speed, and sure tackling they have had at the position in a long, long time. As we go on to the second round, the 42nd overall pick, I talked a lot this offseason about how I want to get this defense better in certain areas, both in the red zone and third and long, and even more so than that, being able to disguise coverage base in the same personnel packages that you would use on base or nickel, dime, anything sub package, versatile players help you do that. And I'm going to go ahead and double down on the defense here at pick 42 and take free safety Jesse Bates out of Wake Forest. Extremely rangy, very good at center field, actually played center field as a baseball player in his college days. Most defensive backs will read the quarterback and go off of his eyes, but Jesse Bates has a keen sense of understanding of route combinations, and he can pull his trigger and get somewhere that allows him to play even faster. Immediately a sub-package player that can do tons and tons of stuff for you on the field as a rookie, and even take over for TJ McDonald down the line as a full-time player, a perfect complement to Rashad Jones. So the Dolphins get much, much better in the passing game on defense. At the third pick, pick number 73 of the final mock draft here on Lockdown Dolphins podcast tight end Ian Thomas out of Indiana he is thickly built and has a quick twitch probably the best chance of any tight end in this class to be multifaceted both in the running game and the passing game he's very physical but has the athleticism to separate that way as well might be a little bit of a project getting him acclimated to the NFL game coming over from Indiana so he comes in and becomes a day one starter once again for the Miami Dolphins hitting a home run on all three of these picks in the fourth round we shift the focus back into the backfield on offense and get a running back that is more of a Charles Clay type than he is just a running back Jalen Samuels he is listed as a running back from North Carolina State but he is a Swiss army knife gives Adam Gaze another matchup piece to exploit defenses we know he wants to be a ball distribution offense he wants to spread the ball all over the lot get to his backs out of the backfield get the ball out of the quarterback's hands very very quickly and not only that Jalen Samuels gives you a guy that can trigger the wildcat. He can play a tight end. He can play an H-back. He can play an up-back. He can play a deep-back. He can do everything. Catch the ball from the slot, line up in line as a tight end, and catch the ball there as well. So he is just a dynamic player that I would love to come out of this draft with. We still haven't hit a quarterback yet. We're still not going to do it here at the fourth pick, number 131 overall. Defensive tackle Nathan Shepard out of Fort Hayes State. One thing the Dolphins have to do at the defensive tackle position is get more interior pass rush. And we know the Dolphins plan on using more guys in a rotation of ways in terms of getting guys from the edge to kick inside. They did it last year even with Cam Wake, Andre Branch, Charles Harris got in there some. I'm sure Will Hayes figures into that matchup a little bit. But with Jordan Phillips, Devon Gotcha, and Vincent Taylor, as highly as I think of the Dolphins' two sophomore defensive tackles, this position is a need in a rotational sense, and you have the opportunity to put a starter in there like a Vita Vea, a number one draft pick that gets in there right away and plays the majority of the snaps for you. 
But I think this is a better way to go to fill out a rotation, let those young guys develop, and give yourself a guy that excels as a pass rusher. He's a little bit raw, but he has that explosive first step off the line of scrimmage and was really, really impressing at the senior bowl before he hurt himself there. So the Dolphins go defensive tackle, running back, tight end, linebacker, and safety. They haven't addressed the quarterback yet, but we're going to go ahead and do it right here with a sixth round draft pick number 209 overall. This might be a little bit late for him. Dolphins have been interested in him for a long time now. They had dinner with him two nights before the draft. Alex Magoo out of Florida International, the quarterback that is more cerebral than he is physically impressive. If he had the big arm, would be a higher draft pick than this. But because of the lack of physical traits, falls in the draft. He's someone the Dolphins can groom as a backup quarterback to Ryan Tannehill immediately. You would hope that he can beat out both Brock Osweiler and David Fales. Not a lot of tough competition there, but he comes in and improves the quarterback room from day one. And that's the thing that I want the most out of a backup quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is going to have assignments for you. He's going to have homework for you. You're going to have to get him those third down reels, get him certain cutups in certain situations. That's what the backup quarterback does he prepares the starter to play on Sundays and then if the starter goes down he inserts himself into that same position there so Alex Magoo the quarterback Dolphins have shown a lot of interest there seventh round this one you guys are probably going to break me over the coals for saying that he's going to fall this far but I'm going to go ahead and say the tight end Chris Herndon out of Miami falls because of the medical concern there he ends 2017 on the injured list I'm not sure if that's called in college gets taken out for the entire year but players slide because of that all the time he also wasn't really productive in Miami. He had ups and downs. He The production didn't match the athleticism and the ability, but the Dolphins are going to draft him in the seventh round, try to make a reclamation out of a guy with good traits. Not going to be much of an inline blocker, but possibly a number two tight end that can stretch the seam for you and be a red zone threat down the line. And with the final pick, number 229 in the seventh round, taking the guy that I had in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Devrin Davis, the cornerback out of UTSA, Texas, San Antonio, fits the prototype for what the Dolphins want to do at the position, a big physical hitter that can jam and play press. He can play off and do zone stuff too. He tells me he's the best cornerback in this draft, and he has met with the Miami Dolphins, so a good connection there to round the draft class out. So we're going to go with Roquan Smith, linebacker from Georgia in the first round. Number two in the second round, Jesse Bates, the free safety out of Wake Forest. The third pick, number 73, tight end Ian Thomas out of Indiana. Number four, 123 overall, running back slash tight end slash H-back Jalen Samuels, North Carolina State. At 131 in the fourth round, defensive tackle Nathan Shepard out of Fort Hay State. In the sixth round, number 209 overall, quarterback Alex Magoo out of Florida International. In the seventh round, tight end Chris Herndon at pick 227 from Miami. And at pick 229, cornerback Devron Davis, Texas San Antonio. So there is your mock draft. Let's see if I get even one of those right, one of those players right for the Miami Dolphins. We'll revisit this tomorrow and talk about who the Dolphins do wind up picking. We are going to have a very, very in-depth podcast on each of the Dolphins draft picks getting to know these guys if you're not familiar with the move the sticks podcast you should be it's the best football podcast there is in terms of scouting and getting to know players they do a few 360 episodes where they cover everything about a certain player they talk to his coaches in the past get to know his background as well as his football acumen we're going to do that with each pick talk about their background their scheme fit and where they might line up in their role as a rookie with the miami dolphins early on We will also prep you for the final six rounds of the NFL draft as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins, talking about their day two options and then get into day three as well and kind of have an updated draft mock for you guys after their first pick. But we're going to get into all that. We're going to write up the pieces on LockedOnDolphins.com. But for today's show, that will do it for this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at 
at Lethal NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Follow our flagship show at Locked On NFL, both on Twitter and Facebook. And check out the normal rated blog and the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a terrific draft night. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow for another edition of Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Three quarterbacks in the top eight for the first time in the 21st century. It happened in 99 when Couch McNabb and Achilles Smith went one, two, three. So we haven't had to wait very long to wonder if Miami will try to get some answers at that quarterback position. Ryan Tannehill on the orange carpet now for the Dolphins. Well, you think about Ryan Tannehill, wide receiver in 30 games, quarterback in 19 games. This has never happened. Top 10 pick for a guy who was a position change, and a quarterback, he, he was a wide receiver, while the other guy was playing quarterback, wasn't even drafted. So this is unprecedented, this high in the draft for an inexperienced quarterback like Tannehill at the major college level, who also had some struggles against big-time opponents this past year. You say, okay, then why is he a top-10 pick? What did they see Miami and Ryan Tannehill? First of all, ideal size, strong arm, very athletic, very competitive and very smart. You watch Ryan Tannehill at Texas A&M. You see his size, his computer numbers. They're of a top 10 pick. I think when you look at the way he threw on the move, when he had a move out of that pocket, did a nice job. Watch him here. Extends the play, accurate throw down the field. I think when you watch him in the games against Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, nine interceptions in those games, game management's an issue. Forces the ball into coverage questionable reads, too many ill-advised throws. What he's got to do, hey, throw the ball away. Don't force the ball. Put the fight another day. I think that's where he's talking about running a little hot and cold, leaves you scratching your heads with some of his decisions. Basically needs a lot of work. In Miami, Mike Sherman will develop him. He'll sit behind either Matt Moore or David Garrard. In a a second year, third year, when they think he's ready, then we'll see what Ryan Tannehill has. Did you guys know Ryan Tannehill was a wide receiver in college? Me neither. It's, uh, Susie Culver saying, I- I'm prepared to wait a long time. I'm hoping it's not that long. Now we go back to the Bud Light Blue Room. Where's Susie?